0: We want to continue on what God's doing and saying in our lives because we understand just a few things that one, we, me and of myself, I don't have the strength or the ability to accomplish what God's called me to do. Neither do you. That's why he called, first of all, he sent his son to die to make me righteous. By his righteousness, I'm made whole. By what he did, I am born again. And that's what the Holy Spirit first does in us. And if we found out the Spirit... means (laughs) wind keep going okay okay i'm keeping on going they're back here. i'm watching my people man i love these guys and so uh so yeah so we 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 realize that this wind blows it changes it's not something we just ascend with our mind or with our simple thoughts but it's with our hearts our spirit becomes alive to him and all of a sudden it becomes animated that this part inside of us that all of us have that nobody really sees and then we began to look at, it doesn't, it, it's not just for me, but he wants to empower us so we can make a difference in other people's lives. And so that's what he's called us to do. So we started looking at this thing called the gifts of the spirit. And uh, last week we dove right in to the deep end. I went ahead and jumped in and said, Hey, if you weren't here, you can go on and look at it. We looked at the, the most controversial gift there is on the planet today for some reason it's not meant to be really it's really more of a lack of understanding than anything it's not something to be feared and what's happened is if we're not careful our church culture has created a place where somehow we're supposed to be afraid of the holy spirit instead of welcome him and say come on whatever you want i want it i want it all okay remember that uh that all of us are needy like we've said this morning I need everything he has and then some because I know it's only through him. And so Paul said this in first Corinthians chapter 12, verse one, he said that now about spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not understand. I want you to be fully aware so you can be fully engaged. We don't need to run from the Holy Spirit. We need to run to him. We don't need to try to try to dial him down and say, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want all you guys. No, I want all you guys. Um, I think what's happened is sometimes it's by what we've seen that we get fearful and we should never be that way. If we look in scripture and we see a gift, this is where we, we said gift just means charisma. It means it's where we get our word charismatic. And it's not simply something that I go run around. It's something that he enables me. The word gift, it means a super natural divine enablement every one of you including myself we've been supernaturally enabled to do certain things that others can't do that the way that we do it and so we want to make sure that we don't in any way limit god if i can say anything to us in the church today we've got to be careful that we don't limit what god can do in our lives and through our lives It's never based on how good we are. It's always based on how good he is. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse seven says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It is God's desire for you and I to take the spiritual gifts that he placed within us to help those around us, starting in our house and then spreading out all across this land. You know what's happened? Is as, as a result, there are many people in church today that feel like, "Well, Mark, you don't understand." I, I mean, I'm okay, but I mean, he, God doesn't really have a gift for me. I'm I'm just I'm just glad I could make it to church. And I'm telling you, the enemy has lied to so many people into thinking somehow God can't use you. And I'm telling you, every one of you are very dear, valuable. I mean, God, when He created you, He created you with purpose, on purpose, and so. You know, the early church understood this and walked in it continually. That's why Paul wrote these letters to the church. But what happened after that, uh, the church began to hire what we call clergy. They began to hire people and said, hey, you know what? We'll just hire people and we'll let them do the work of the ministry. And so we get this word called clergy that's not even in scripture. You can't even find it if you wanted to. It literally means one who reads. And so we, we buy into somehow the one, the pastor, everything is put upon him, and then he does all the work of the ministry, and that's just not it's, it's not feasible, and it's it's a lie straight from the pit of hell that would try to get people to focus on me or another pastor or another, instead of on Jesus, instead of on the Holy Spirit, instead of what he's doing in and through me. Just like your body's not made up of one member, but many members god wants to use each one of you including me and so what happened after uh after they hired people then they came up with this word called cessation where certain gifts were not as important as other and they actually began to cease that when the apostles died out uh the healings died out the tongues died out that all the different gifts they died out and so uh i just happen to believe that that the way we look at scripture and the way jesus intended he wanted us to have it all until he comes back and so i know in the old testament there were priests that god would anoint and there were prophets that god would anoint and the prophets would go to the people on behalf of god and the priests would go to god on behalf of the people but in 1500 there was this thing called the protestant reformation you can go read about it where martin luther said hey you know what, we're a priesthood of believers. And they realized that, hey, every believer, every believer is gifted by God and used by God to display his glory and to pronounce his kingdom to come. And then they did that for a little while and then right they went right back to the clergy and the laity. And it's like, that's never been God's plan or God's purpose. And my heart and prayer in going through this is there would be something released in you that you would break off any lie that says, hey, God couldn't use me. That you would begin to not only think about it, it even tells us to desire spiritual gifts. But that you wouldn't just think about it, you'd say, Lord, what you got, what you got for me? I want, I want it all. I want to do everything you called me to do because it's him that supernaturally enables us. Now, last week, I told you I went straight into the deep end and I thought that was a good place to start because we got to break down the biggest controversial gift. Today, I'm going to back up just a little bit, and I'm going to break spiritual gifts down into four categories for you. Last week, we broke up tongues into four categories. Today, we're going to break it, the gifts into four categories, and there, this is what they look like. You can look there. Um, number one is the serving gifts, and these are found in Romans chapter 12. A serving gift, uh, serving gifts are characterized by their role in the church to manage, serve, and build up the body of Christ in practical, loving ways. And so they're, they're, they're gifts like encouragement, they're gifts of mercy, exhortation, they're gifts of giving. We're going to look at these in depth in just a moment. Uh, this morning, we're going to actually cover these gifts, the serving gifts, but I want to move on so we can get all four of them. Uh, number two is foundation gifts. These are found in Ephesians chapter four, where God said he's given gifts, five gifts, He's given the the apostle, the prophet, the um, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Those five gifts for the building up the body for the work of the ministry, and so those are found in Ephesians. We're going to look at those next week on Father's Day. And then the next gift is gifts are re- referred to as the revelatory gifts, and these are the ones that kind of sometimes they kind of spook people a little bit because they're they're discerning of spirits. <laughs> Where you, you, you understand something that's going on before anybody understands something's going on. Spiritually it's discerned. There's also the word of knowledge and we're gonna look at what those are where, where you just get an understanding of something that's happening. You go, wow, how did, how did they know that? And then there's the word of wisdom. We're gonna look at what that is in the weeks to come. And then there's also tongues and interpretation, which we talked a little bit last week about. And this thing of prophecy where God speaks and he releases something and makes us aware of something we were not uh, currently or, or could have been aware of in order to bring encouragement, in order to bring correction. That's what they're there for. He imparts and reveals information to be used to guide, warn, correct, and encourage the church while bringing glory to himself. And then the, the fourth one is the manifestation gifts. and These are also known as miraculous gifts. These are overtly supernatural display, uh, supernatural and display the power and presence of the Lord among his people. They serve as an evidence of the authority of God over all things. And God uses people to do that. Now, let me let me help you as we go through this. The, the, in Ephesians chapter two, it says this two verse 10. He says, for we notice here, the we it's always plural. We are his workmanship not i but we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them and what i want that to do is to sink in that it's not about who i am it's about who he is it's not about what i've done it's what he continually does in and through me and this is where we've got to recognize and realize that jesus it is all about you that I'm not relying on my own ability, my own goodness, my own strength. You know, we, that self-righteous, like, look how good I am. <laughs> you know what happens when you do that, right? People recognize, yeah, you ain't so good after all. <laughs> you start getting that, it's a matter of saying, Jesus, you're that good. That I'm that bad, but you're that good. Amen? That's what we're we're celebrating here today. The gifts are based on his goodness, what he wants to do in and through you and me. So this morning, we're going to look in Romans chapter 12. If you got your Bibles, you can open them there. We're just going to go over these serving gifts and then uh, and then encourage you to, to, to I'm going to encourage you with a few things I want you to do with this. And so in Romans chapter 12, uh, probably one of the most incredible chapters that walks us through our whole faith journey all the way through to what God expects us. So it starts out in verse one. We're not going to look at that this morning. That uh, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then it goes into, you know, that, hey, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Then you can test and prove what it is good, pleasing and perfect will is. And then if you go into verse three, it says, he starts out, you got all this. He said, but don't think of yourself more highly than you should. It's Like you got all this. And yeah, I did all this for you and you're surrendered. But hey, don't use that. As something to make yourself out to be something you're not. He said, even use it with the measure of faith that he's given you. And then he talks about body. And he talks about we're, we're, we're one body made up of many members. And uh, he, he challenges the, the church in Rome and us today here in Brunswick, Georgia, that we're to recognize it all comes from him. That he is the giver of gifts and he loves to do it. He loves to use us to accomplish his will. As a matter of fact, we're it. You're it. There's no plan B. You're plan A and that's it. He's like, I I love you. I'm for you. And so in verse 6, we pick up there and it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So it's God's charis. That's what grace is. His supernatural enablement we have this because of what he's done for us and it says we have these gifts each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith and we're going to get that when we get to the uh to the revelatory gifts if you if it is serving then serve if it is teaching then teach Uh, if it is to encourage then to give encouragement if it is giving then give generously if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so this morning, I want to go over five of these real quick with you, starting out with this one of service, the serving gift. So this gift of service, there are some people that you've been supernaturally enabled to be able to, uh, to it, it, the word diakonia, it means to wait tables. <laughs> Don't that sound exciting, y'all? How many waitresses we ever had or waiters we ever had in there? And you deal with the people that come in and you do it with joy. You're like, oh boy, I get to serve these people. How many have ever had that customer? You know the one I'm talking about. No matter what you do, you are not going. Either Either you didn't fill up the glass enough. You filled it up too full. You, full, you filled it up too many times. Or you, you just, you know, this thing wasn't warm. You need to take this. You need to do that. No matter what you did, you couldn't. That's why God's called us to this area. Um, it, it's, a, it's a ministry that acts, uh, any ministry, any act of service done in genuine love for the edification of the community, the divine strength or ability to do small or great tasks in working for the overall good of the body of Christ. Now, serving is usually not the one that most people want to do because most people, you know, if you have that gift, Many times you don't, you don't want to be in front of anybody. Like you're happy to be where, where you're not seen. You're like, Mark, please don't make me get up and speak. Whatever. Please do not stick a microphone in front of my face because that is not my gift. If you let me work behind the scenes, I'll be happy to do that. Matter of fact, the gift of service, it fills many gaps in the church. It's the one where they come alongside, they meet the needs and fulfill with the church to help it fulfill the great commission. Um, The goal is to energize the church and free others up to use the gifts, their gifts to the fullest. The result is continued edification of the church and the added ability to see beyond its own needs to the community needs. So in other words, so if, if, if we go to the old model that the pastor has to do it all then I've got to, have got to lead worship, I've got to play the guitar, which I can, not, you know, I'm, I can, I enjoy it, but I've got to lead worship, and praise God for y'all, <laughs> we, I don't have to do that, for your sake and mine, that, that there, there's a gift that people have to do that, so then I'd have to do that, I'd have to be at the door, uh, the ushers, let's give it up for the ushers, them helping people, and find their seat. give it up for them, Give it up for for our worship team leading this morning. Praise God. (laughs) I keep threatening I'm going to lead one Sunday just for y'all to really appreciate y'all. Jesus, thank you, Lord. You're just good. Just to show this gifting thing. But then also with with Miss Kellen, she's gone to to serve in that area and and there. So there's things that that happen that people do to bring edification. And so what what happens is many of them, they just want to help, but they don't want to be recognized. Like, like, right now, so we had a serve day yesterday, and I thought, man, I, I ought to recognize all, make all the people that served yesterday stand up, but I know this, if I did, they'd walk out and say, forget it, you recognize me, I don't want to be noticed. I did that, like, you don't even realize there were, there were concrete, there was concrete that was busted up, we got our jackhammers out, and they did all that, and then carpet that was ripped up, and then all these beds were weeded, and man, you guys did a tremendous job, y'all think The people that did that yesterday, (laughs) young and old alive, there was wallpaper that was, that was taken down. There was a sink that was scrubbed on profusely and still we don't know we might have to replace it, but that is where service comes in. It's a gift. It's like, Lord, thank you that one person doesn't have to try to do this. We do this together. The second one I want to look at is the gift of encouragement or Ex, uh, exhortation is what it's called it's parakaleo and, and it's to beseech exhort call upon to encourage to strengthen the divine strength or ability to encourage others through written or spoken word um and biblical truth so there are people that have the gift that that just make people think better of themselves and think they can do something when they don't feel like they can like, that's one of the gifts that God's blessed me with. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how bad you think you are. When you get around me, I'm going to say, God's just that good, and he wants to use you. Because I just know for a fact what he's done with me. I know that God wants to do tremendous things in and through each one of you. And it says, the church, so this is what the gift does. uh, It's given to people to strengthen and encourage those who are wavering in their faith. Like, There are people because of the enemy and because of their own choices that feel less than, that God loves you and he'll do that for you, but he wouldn't do that for me. And so they think higher of other people and less of themselves. And I just want to tell you this morning, being humble isn't thinking less of yourself. It's simply thinking of yourself less. In other words, it's not about me, it's about him. And so encouraging people to say, hey, you can do this. God's for you, he's not against you. By the way, the church as a whole has been responsible for, for, for causing a lot of people to think they're not welcome. to somehow, they're not even good enough to walk through the door. You ever heard the saying, you ever asked somebody to come to church with you and said, well, I'd love to come, but you know what would happen if I came in the church? what would happen y'all know the roof would fall in right y'all heard that one well the fact that it ain't falling in yet praise god we know that ain't possible because if that was the case it would already been in just me walking in alone some of y'all too maybe i don't know i'm I'm not here for that i'm just here to encourage and so it's those we give we want to we want to uplift and motivate others as well as challenge rebuke and 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 rebuke them in order to foster Spiritual growth, that God has great things for you. Action, get involved. I want to challenge you, get involved. We're going to go into that a little bit here in just a moment. So I see every one of you, like there's not one of you when I look out over this congregation where I go, well, God, you want to use that one. God, you want to use that one. And that one, oh, you've <laughs> got to work a little extra hard because <laughs> I'd have to look in the mirror and go, Oh, that one right there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what I know is, is that every one of you are dear to God's heart and he wants to use you right where you are in spite of yourself. Many times we always come up with excuses. It's, it's nothing that God hasn't already dealt with. If you look at all the men in the Old Testament, many of them were like, God, me? What? Who, me? You want to use me? And God said, you're exactly the one I want to use. You're the one, you're the perfect one to do what I've called you to do. So that's what the gift of exhortation. And then the gift of giving. And this is a gift that everybody wants friend, wants to be friends with. This is the one that's like, hey, you got the gift of giving? I, I, I don't mind that. It means, it simply means to impart or to give. Uh, it actually has two words. Uh, and then it also means sincerely generous and without pretense or hypocrisy the divine strength, this is what it is, the divine strength or ability to produce wealth and to give by tithes and offerings for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God on the earth. Now this gift of giving, um, this is one that can fool you because there are people that they just love. It lights them up to give. And it's not simply about monetary. It can be time. It can be a resource. And so they just love to do this. It's like um when you you don't have to know you're like well we're all supposed to tithe but but there's those that go tithing that's just the star what are you talking about I'm, I'm just getting started let me get out here and show what god can do and so when if you got the gift of giving you're looking like you're wa- walking around looking for opportunities to bless people anybody want to be around some people like that <laughs> anybody want to be that person <laughs> you're like whoa make me that person lord that might be your gift and you don't even know it and by the way let me say this it's it's not based on how much money you got it's a gift and so when you have it if 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 you don't have a gift if you don't have it it don't matter if you have ten dollars you're just not going to give it but if if you got ten it's like oh i where who am i going to use to bless this with who can i do who can i give to that they're going to be totally excited and another thing it's just like the serving gift many times they want to remain anonymous like i don't want anybody to know that I just bless somebody. So those are the people, like when you go into a restaurant, you ever done this? This is how you know if you got the gift of giving. You're looking around, instead of waiting for your bill, you're looking for whose bill can I pay today? And not just the people that's in your church. I'm talking about complete strangers. And you get so excited thinking, you're going to do it? And they're not even going to know who did it. Like, you ever had that happen to you? I hope, if, if not, I hope the day that happens to you. But if you've ever had it happen, you know what happens? You always wonder, who did that? Who did that? Who, who, who? Because you start looking around and you want to figure out something. I just say this, that this is where God uses the people that give. It can happen. I like to put it this way too. God accelerates the vision of the church through the givers. And so that's what we're talking about, even with a, heart for the house campaign we're not i'm not i would never ask you to pledge something you don't even have i'm asking to be a steward that's what that's what the gift of giving is they're good stewards they'll even they'll even steward their relation uh their their finances so they can actually make more room to give they're just like they do that okay the next gift i want to look at is called leadership and this one it seems pretty simple but actually it's it's one of those that It has to do with the ability uh, to lead, assist, and protect the care and to care for others. It's not simply, hey, follow me as I go. But it actually is bringing a group of people on the journey with you. That's what leading is. It's not me getting out here and then watch y'all back there and say, hey, catch up. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. It's actually together they walk it out. Together we do that. And so it is the divine strength, their ability to influence people at their level while directing them to a bigger picture, to a vision or an idea. And that's what we're called to do here. And so this spiritual give, um, it's right between, if you look at it, the giving and the mercy give. And so when you look at those, you've got the ones that are encouraging, hey, these people are going this way, so the leadership is actually helping to promote where God's calling us and where God's leading us. And it's not simply just a person. It can be a group of people. Like here at Christian Renewal Church, we are led by a group of elders. And by the way, let's give it up for our elders. Amen. These men, they seek the Lord and they, they pray and they fast and we, and it's a beautiful thing that we're led by them. And I promise you this, if it weren't for them, you may not know Mark Lane because I, I rely on them heavily. We talk through everything. And by God's grace, he leads and directs. And so it's always associated with caring for others. Um, in, uh, first Thessalonians five, Paul said to respect those who labor among you. This, that's talking about leadership. It also is kind of, kind of with the idea of pastoring, shepherding. It's leading people in a deeper relationship with Christ and with each other. So, so it's one thing for us to come and to help, and to have all these things done, but it's another thing for us to do it together. I want to get you connected with somebody else, not you alone by yourself. In this church, the saddest thing it could ever be is for somebody not to be able to connect and find a group that they can join together and accomplish an incredible task with. That's what God wants to do in and through each one of us. That's through that gift of leadership. So it leads. And then the the final one this morning we're going to look at is this gift of mercy. This gift of mercy, ilaitu. And it says this, be patient, compassionate towards those who are suffering or afflicted. The divine strength or ability to feel empathy and to care for those who are hurting in any way. Can I tell you that in our culture today, this is one of the gifts that's needed more than ever, this gift of mercy. And what happens is, People don't understand people with the gift of mercy because they see somebody hurting and their heart naturally goes out to them. Like no matter what the situation, they 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 almost instantly have a connection like, man, I don't want them to hurt. And it doesn't matter what they've done. Jesus had that. He said, blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. And this thing about mercy, we're always happy to receive it. But very seldom do we want to give it. And let me tell you what mercy does. Mercy keeps me from getting what I deserve. Let me let me bring that little home to you, because because then you can say the the gift of it says some of us like you remember the last time you did something and you started praying or or you did do something like you know school's not been in session but remember when they they said test and and you heard it like a week before but you just kind of took it for granted. And then you're like, oh, Lord, I've got a test today. I know they said it, but I didn't study. And you want mercy right then, like mercy, mercy, mercy. Lord, Lord, let something happen, anything, just so I don't have to take this. Or you do take it, and you get a, a terrible grade, as would be expected. And you go to the teacher, and you ask, mercy, can I please take that again? I, I heard you, but I didn't hear you, or for whatever reason. Or it could be in a situation where you've done something and you just want, you want people to extend, extend mercy to you. Well, we got to be willing to extend that to others. This is, this is the concern for the physical and spiritual well-being of those who are hurting. It's covered by this gift. And then, and then it's not just for a one-time thing. It's for a period. Like you have people that'll walk through people, walk with people through some very hard times nurses usually have a, a a big part of that, that gift flows through them very because they're walking with people over a period of time it's not over just a day it's not over a week it's over months it's over 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 a, a long period of time where they operate this gift it literally means to be the hands and the feet of jesus to the afflicted where you walk it out with them and god's called us to do that And you say mark Why are these important? I want to go over it real quick. Number one, the very first thing I want everybody in here to do, if you haven't yet, we will be starting back with our growth track. It's coming. We're we're looking at where to house it right now, now that we're getting back together. I want everybody to to commit to four Sundays. If you haven't yet, I want you to, to do that. If you've already done it, don't stop and say, hey, I want you to discover the gift or gifts that God has for you. I want you to discover those. More than importantly, God wants you to discover those. We said at the very beginning, the first scripture in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, God doesn't want us to be ignorant about the gifts the, the gifts he's given us. Um, just think about it this way. Think of Christmas for me for just a moment. I know we, we only got a few, week, few, few more months for that. But think about Christmas. If you had something wrapped up in a box, would you just leave it under the tree for 12 months? Would you just leave it there? Well, I don't know what it is. I'm just not gonna open it because I'm not sure. I'll just leave it there. I'm not gonna worry about it. No, you know what you do. You leave it there. Most of you are like, oh you want to rip it open. I'm telling you the same thing's true with spiritual gifts. You want to discover them. Don't try to just kind of oh well, I think go on this, go on this journey with the Lord. And let me say here, right here, that number one. Like if you don't know Jesus, like if you haven't discovered what we've talked about some this morning and through worship, the goodness of God and how much he loves you, like your number one discovery should be just how good he, how good he is and how much he loves you. That's your number one mission to discover him. However, that is, don't stop going after him. Like once you do know Jesus and you've discovered that gift he's given you, your and mine, our number one goal is to help other people come to that saving knowledge of Jesus. And so in Psalms 139, 13-16, it says this, For you created my inmost beings, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And that's not talking about your inners, that's not talking about your intestines, that's literally talking about the core of who you are, that He created every part of you, not just your hands, your eyes, but the inside that makes you tick, that gets you excited, that, that, that wakes you up in the morning, that turns your crank and says, Man, I love doing this. And then it goes on to say... I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And in the church today, there are many people that don't know what their gift really is. And so what we'll do if we're not careful, we'll just follow what somebody else is doing. And we'll say, well, that's my gift. And I want to tell you, there's nothing more exciting than knowing knowing why God created you and then operating in that. You'll get so excited. You'll go, man, I love doing this. You will not be able to be held down. And and the things that the world's trying to give you, you'll go, man, I ain't got time for that. God, thank you for letting me do this. Excuse me. Then also in Psalms, it says, all the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And let me say this, that my, my journey, your journey, many of us have discovered that, uh, That we did things and said things that were not in God's book. Like he did not write for me to do that. That was not a part of it. And there's many times where we get out and do things and say things that are contrary to God's word. And God still says it hadn't changed. That's why it says that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. In other words, they're still there whether you choose to repent or not. God is always for you. The gifts are still there. And he wants you to discover them. Number two. After we discover the gifts, we've got to develop the gifts God has given me. And I'm saying it could be one, more than one. Like you can start out somewhere, but you can go ahead and keep developing. Like you may start out learning one plus one is two, and you can start out with simple math, and then you can start adding the alphabet to it, which we call algebra, which is still, to me, one of those things. You go, thank you, Lord, that somebody just needed some extra time to do stuff. And then you can keep going. And, and before you know it, if you keep on that journey, you might end up with an engineer or something as you keep on or any other area as you continue to develop, just like physically, spiritually, God wants you to develop the gifts you have. And the only way they're developed, like anything else, is if you use them. Like, like, like you can have, if everybody knows if you don't use it, you lose it, kind of like with your weight, with everything else. If you don't use the gifts you've been given, God doesn't, you won't lose it, but they kind of, they're not as sharp, you're not as in tune with what God is saying. And then, this is what 2 Timothy 1, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, for this reason I remind you to fan into flames the gift God, uh, which is in you. Not with you, it's in you. So he wants you to fan that to flame. And then, number three is, after you discover them, after you develop them, you have to deploy them in other words they have to be used like there are people right now that will never know jesus if you or i we don't discover and develop and then use the gifts he's given us and so all the gifts are important matter of fact matthew five sixteen said in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds this is all your your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven in other words, what I do and what you do, it matters. It makes a difference in, in the kingdom of God that as I go about accomplishing God's will, God ends up getting the glory. And that's what we want to make sure with our gifts. And then finally in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And it goes on to say, manage them so that God's generosity can flow through you. God wants to use you and me to fill us full of himself because right now many times we're full of our own self. He wants to take and he wants to fill us full of himself so that it's not even me that it's not something hard to do. When you're operating in the gift that God gives you, it's not something you strain or, or try to, you just simply release it. It's something as natural as breathing it's something as natural as drinking it's something that flows because god supernaturally enables you to do it and this morning as we looked at the serving gifts we're going to go over these next three we're going to look at foundation gifts we're going to look at at the the revelatory gifts we're going to look at those and we're going to we're going to look in such a way so that we're going to look at the manifestation gifts. we're going to look so that I want you, as we look at these, I want you to begin. I want to stir something within you to say, is that mine? Can I, can I open, can I have, can I use that? Lord, Lord, I want to use, Lord, use me in that way. Because when you do that, God will do something in you that will light you up that, like nothing else, it is a joy and honor to be used by Him. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring glory to God and build up the body of Christ with our whole life. Like everything we do, Lord, let it just reflect back to you. Lord, let it just, let me be a demonstration of your goodness, of your power, of your love to those around me. I want them to look and see Jesus and go, man, I, I don't know what it is about that person. I don't know what it is about you, but I just want to love Jesus. I want to give my life to Him. And this morning, I just want to, I want to ask you, I'm going to ask everybody if they would for just a moment, if you would close your eyes with me this morning, bow your head for just a moment, not going to ask anybody to come forward at this time, but I do want you to, to evaluate if you're those who are online, I encourage you just take a moment to do inventory and ask yourself a few questions. Have I just been going through the motions of life? Have I just been in a rut or a routine of life, but I'm missing my God-given calling, my given gift that I can receive and then use to bring glory to God and to bless other people? Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you've never even got that first gift the gift of eternal life where Jesus comes in and takes your sin out of your life lo- out of your heart and life where you're no longer feeling condemned but you you experience the love we were singing about during worship the reckless love of God where he just he he, he won't stop at nothing to go after you that's what Corinthians says God's not mad at you he's not holding your sins against you he's for you so maybe that's your first thing this morning maybe you'd say mark i I haven't surrendered i've been trying to just be good on my own and it's not working out so well maybe this morning would be it it would be a great time for you to say jesus i surrender it to you i give my life to you this morning and if that's you i'm just going to encourage you wherever you are If you just lift up your hand and say lord i want to give you my life i just i just want to surrender to you anybody praise the lord anybody else thank you lord this is between you and god nobody else between you and the lord thank you lord jesus thank you lord praise you lord i'm going to ask you to do this i'm going to ask everybody they'd like to let's just pray this prayer of surrender jesus i recognize that i've said and done things that displease you and dishonor me and my family I recognize, Jesus, that you died so that I could live. You paid for my sins. And I accept your death and your resurrection as full payment for my sin. I choose as an act of my will to give my life to you this morning. Lord, have your way and have your will in me be my lord and my god in jesus name hallelujah thank you lord jesus praise you lord god thank you lord thank you lord now there's someone else i want to pray for you as well and i want to ask maybe you haven't discovered that and you've gotten tired and you thought somehow you're not good enough or you've gotten somebody told you something and said well god could never use you we've studied this morning and shown where god says i'm for you i'm not against you i want to use you i want to use you to impact other people's lives and i want to i want to ask you this morning if that's you maybe you felt like you're too far away or that somehow you've done something and god has canceled your assignment here on this earth i want to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell and i want to pray for you this morning All those that would like, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray. You can lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Father, right now in Jesus name, Lord, any here that feel like in any way they've let you down, that somehow they're not, they're, they're not good enough for you to use. Lord, I thank you that we'll never be good enough on our own to be used by you, but you supply all we need. You You supply the grace. You supply the forgiveness for us to connect with you. And then you supply the strength. Holy Spirit, come. Begin to breathe anew, breathe life in each of your people here this morning. The Lord, they can discover, they can develop, and they can deploy the gifts that you place within each one of them. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name.